Hello everyone, my name is Simon Carver and welcome to Dagnall Street Baptist Church's podcast service for Sunday the 23rd of October. Today's service is a little different from usual in that you won't be hearing much of my voice as I've taken the recording of our on-site service last week when the Reverend Jeff Colmer joined us for church anniversary and used that as the basis for today's podcast. All the music is taken from that recording and we were grateful to Neil McKenzie who played the piano and organ to accompany our singing and he provided the music before and after the service. A few notices. We meet for worship at 10.30 this Sunday and all are welcome. Next week's service is an all-age messy church and all are very welcome to that too. Finally, a big thank you to Ray and Diane and their team of helpers who provided such a fine lunch for us last Sunday. And now our call to worship. Into your holy presence we come, spirit of life, hidden in mystery, spirit of love revealed in Jesus the Christ, spirit of hope present in our living. We seek your holy presence as women, men and children journeying towards you a community of your people, our God. We open our hearts to your love. We open our lips to your praise. And we open our lives to your service. In Jesus' name, amen.
We give thanks today for this place of worship and for one and all gathered as a community of your people, for the faith of Christ that inspires us, enables us, and binds us together. For those who have lived the faith, those who have taught the faith, those who ask questions and struggle with the faith, for all who in the faith draw us closer to God. We give thanks for gifts and abilities possessed by each one here, for that which identifies us as the person we are, for our gender, our differences, and our complementarities. We give thanks for this community, youth and age, experience and inexperience, for the image of Christ to which we all contribute, for the creativity of the Spirit enabling us to become, for the presence of God making us a holy people. We give thanks for the wider community, for those who make decisions and take responsibilities, for those who offer health and healing, for those who explore the unknown and offer learning, for those who maintain our services and our living, for those who work to keep the peace. For a world created by God, loved by Christ, and in which, by the Spirit, we build your kingdom here. For all this we give thanks, O Lord our God. Amen.
The scripture we heard last Sunday was from Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 to 30, and it was read by Sue Owen. When Jeff Colmer preached, he referred to three verses at the end of that reading from Eugene Peterson's message paraphrase of the Bible. After you've heard Sue speak, you'll hear me read those last three verses again from the message. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly.
For 18 years, um, when I uh, went to a church, I would bring greetings from the Central Baptist Association. And then during the year of my presidency, I would bring greetings from the Baptist Union of Great Britain. Well, now all I have to say is, it's really good to be with you. Good morning. I'd also like to say thank you um, for your prayers during uh, uh, my illness. Um, Kaz and I are so appreciative of the prayer and the care that we received um, from so many people and so many churches. So um, a heartfelt thank you to you. I felt drawn uh, to this passage in Matthew's Gospel for a number of reasons. One is that uh, during my year as president of the Baptist Union, my theme, being attentive to rhythms of grace, uh, found its inspiration in this passage from Matthew 11 in the message translation of the Bible. It goes like this. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Also, I was drawn to this passage because while it is a word for all time, I sense that it is a particular word for our time. We continue to live with the trauma of the COVID pandemic. For some of us, that is no big thing. Uh, for some of us, it is. My experience of regional ministry prior to my retirement was that as a consequence of the pandemic, there was considerable weariness with ministers, deacons, and church members something that I observe still persists. Numbers have not recovered with people not returning to church. There's a reluctance in many churches for people to take up responsibilities again. And then we have gone through a period of mourning with the recent death of Queen Elizabeth II and the accession to the throne of King George III, which has touched our nation deeply. We find ourselves in a time of political upheaval with another change of Prime Minister and I think the fourth Chancellor of the Exchequer in just over three months. We face huge fuel increases, a rise in the cost of living, growing inflation, none of which is going to get better anytime soon, and much of which is caused by the Russian invasion of Ukraine. We are told that world peace has never been so fragile since the Suez Crisis. You know all of this, and uh, it really isn't my intention to uh, simply depress you on your 382nd church anniversary. But none of this is going away. And was the situation in which Jesus speaks these words so different from ours? Probably far worse. What do these words said then say to us today? I suggest three things. In all of our circumstances, we are given a gracious invitation 
to witness the relationship of Jesus with the Father. We are given a gracious invitation to fall into the embrace of God. We are given a gracious invitation to go where Jesus goes. So firstly, we're given a gracious invitation to witness the relationship of Jesus with the Father. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. It's fascinating that in all the tributes given on the occasion of the death of Queen Elizabeth II, the ones that are most revealing uh, are those given by her children. And the same goes for any tribute, as the people who best know the person are those who are closest, often their daughter or son, and only they know and can tell some things. Here in Jesus' prayer, there are things that only Jesus seems to know and can tell about the Father. And some of this would have been quite shocking to his audience. Jewish spirituality placed a huge emphasis upon wisdom, the wisdom of the wise. And yet here is Jesus overturning this and saying that in his coming, God has hidden things from the wise and revealed them to infants. You want to know God? Then all you need is to be a little child. Jesus had come to know his heavenly father the way a daughter or a son does, by living in his presence, listening for his voice, learning from him by watching and imitating. And in Jesus' experience, it, it wasn't the religious that were discovering God, but those who simply followed Jesus. Jesus was like a window onto God because where Jesus was and through what Jesus was saying and doing, people were coming to see who the Father really was. Jesus unveils his relationship with the Father and in doing so, unveils the truth about God. We're given a gracious invitation to witness the relationship of Jesus with the Father. And then we're given a gracious invitation to fall into the embrace of God. It's as though Jesus has his eyes lifted to heaven as he speaks to the Father. But then his focus changes. And it's as though Jesus looks directly into our eyes. Jesus gazes on us, and as we return his gaze, we find ourselves looking into the eyes of love, the eyes of God. Jesus speaks words which I would suggest are some of the most powerful 
in the scriptures. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me. God's action is always to come to us. God is the initiator, always. God beats a path to our door. In these words, the God who has already come to us warmly invites us to respond. Come to me. Oswald Chambers, uh, a writer in a previous age, in uh, My Upmost for His Highest, writes, The questions that matter in life are remarkably few, and they are all answered by the words, Come to me. Not do this or don't do that, but come to me. The whole biblical tradition says come. God says to me and God says to you every new morning, come. These are words that are so simple and straightforward that anyone can receive them. They are words for infants, for little children, and yet they nourish and sustain the eldest of us and are words to come back to time and time again. They are the very words of life. A hymn that I haven't sung for a long, long time, a fine, a fine hymn with a fine tune, has the words, I heard the voice of Jesus say, Come unto me and rest. And so maybe a good question to ask this morning is, when did you last hear the voice of Jesus say to you, come unto me and rest? Can you hear that voice today? I wonder what the cause of the weariness and the heavy burdens is. It may be uh, that religious observance was the issue here, and the wisdom of the wise contained in the Torah. Uh, Later in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus says how they tie up heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on the shoulders of others, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to help them. The message translation, are you tired, worn, worn out, burned out on religion. There are no shortage of other possibilities. Uh, For people in Jesus' time, it was a gruelling experience living under the harsh occupation of the Romans, Herod, and the temple authorities. And uh, in comparison with our time, um, medical care was rudimentary, if not uh, counterproductive. Life expectancy was low, Real grinding poverty was a fact of life. And what causes weariness weariness for us in uh, 2022? What heavy burdens are we carrying? Well, I reflected on the big ones, the obvious ones, uh, in my introduction. 
Some are not so obvious. Over the last two years, following a diagnosis for myeloma, a blood cancer, um, the treatment that I have received um, has caused me at times to be not just weary, um, but utterly exhausted. I'm presently in remission, um, but the unwelcome change that's come to my life and the life of my family is a heavy burden at times. And in all of our stories, in all of our stories, there are likely to be those things that cause weariness. There will be heavy burdens that we carry. Some we may be able to acknowledge. Others we may not even want to go near. Whatever our weariness and heavy burdens, hear the words of Jesus. Come to me all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. The rest that's offered does not mean that the weariness and the heavy burdens simply disappear. There was a worship song a number of years ago that had the line, and in your presence our problems disappear. Well, respectfully, that is bunkum tosh. The rest is that however weary we are, however heavy the burden, God is with us. God knows our experience from the inside. God shares our experience. And God holds us in God's love. God called me to the garden early. Yes, God, I said. Nothing, he said. Just sit with me a bit. But I need to... He said. Later, he said. You know I'm always here. Yes, God, I said. Well then, for now, just sit and be with me. So I did. And he was everywhere. We're given a gracious invitation to witness the relationship of Jesus with the Father. We're given a gracious invitation to fall into the embrace of God. But let's not gloss over the following words. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. A gracious invitation to enter into the embrace of God also issues with a gracious invitation to go where Jesus goes. The rest that Jesus promises has more. Jesus offers rest, but that rest also comes through taking on his yoke. In these warm and tender words of invitation and welcome is a call to discipleship, a call to follow. But, and this is the thing, The yoke is easy, and the burden is light. It's been said we can take on his yoke because he bore for us the yoke that only he could bear. That he did so makes possible our sharing his yoke, which is now easy. 
The yoke was the wooden collar that ran across the shoulders of a pair of oxen and enabled them to pull enormous weights. But the yoke was used as a metaphor to describe the law which was undertaken as a mark of commitment. I wonder if outside the workshop where Jesus was a carpenter was the strap line, best fitting yokes here. And wearing Jesus' best fitting yoke is easy. And uh, his burden is light because we're taking on that commitment, that commitment of his best fitting yoke. He is gentle and humble in heart. The yoke reflects the closeness of the relationship that we read of in John's Gospel. The picture of the vine and the branches where Jesus says those familiar words, abide in me and I abide as I abide in you. As we're yoked to Jesus, we couldn't be much closer. This is how, excuse me, this is how we learn from Jesus, by following him that closely. To go back to the relationship Jesus has has with his father, by living in his presence, by listening for his voice, learning from him by watching and imitating. We take on his yoke as his followers and go where he goes. And again, in the words of the message, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. We're issued with a gracious invitation to witness the relationship of Jesus with the Father. We're issued with a gracious invitation to fall into the embrace of God. We're issued with a gracious invitation to go where Jesus goes. So on this, your 382nd anniversary, and that really is quite a staggering anniversary, I encourage you, with all the challenges that we face, the weariness and the burdens, to hear the voice of Jesus say, Come unto me, and rest, to take on his yoke, and to follow him.
and we continue in worship as we bring to God our concerns. Faithful God, we thank you for this church that has witnessed to you through its worship, fellowship, ministry, and mission over 382 years. We thank you for the time, the energy, the money invested in this building. We thank you for the memories this place holds, for those special events that have been shared, for all the activities that have taken place. But we remind ourselves again that the church is not the building, but the people of God. And so we thank you for all those people who have been part of the body of Christ here over the years, for their devotion, their example, their inspiration, their achievement, and their faithfulness. And above all, we thank you for your faithfulness to your people, expressed in countless ways. Faithful God, we pray for the mission of this church here and further afield. May the fruit of the gospel be seen as the church grows in its knowledge and love for you, its fellowship and its service. We pray for all the activities that take place here week by week, and particularly the ministry of the Cross Street Centre. May they fulfil the purpose for which they're intended and bring good to others and glory to you. Faithful God, we pray for Simon, thanking you for his service over this last year, for his teaching and caring and discerning and leading, for Christ expressed in his life. Grant to him your grace. Strengthen him and give him wisdom in this period before his retirement as he continues to seek to hear the voice of Jesus and follow in your way. And what we pray for Simon, we pray for the deacons and all those called to serve through leadership. Give to them your grace. Strengthen them and grant them wisdom as they seek to hear your voice and to follow in your way. Faithful God, we pray for all your people here, and especially those for whom we have a particular concern, those who are weary and burdened through illness, sadness, anxiety, and through loneliness. Surround them with your love. Support them with your strength. Console them with your comfort. And give them hope and courage beyond themselves. And in a moment of quietness, we hold particular people before you and also bring our own needs.
Faithful God, we pray for our world, thinking of all that we've seen and heard through the news of this last week, things which sadden us and make us angry, those things which cause us to cry out for justice and the coming of your kingdom. We pray that you will guide the nations of the world through its leaders and people of influence into truth, justice and compassion for all its peoples. We pray especially for our own government at this time. And help us, your people, wherever we are placed, to work in partnership with you that we may better our world and witness to your love and power. And we ask that your kingdom come in our lives, our church, our nation, and our world, as we pray as Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen.
As the dew falls in the morning, so may the grace of God descend upon us. As the sun bathes all in its life-giving light, so may the radiance of Christ shine in our hearts. As the wind blows where it will, so may the breath of the Spirit move freely in our lives. Living God, work in us and with us and through us to your glory. Amen.